Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. Once again, that's the sound of rock splitting, and you're listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. Maybe some of that is last week's uh, fireworks shooting off. Uh, did you celebrate the 4th of July? Well, you got Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right here on webtalkradio.net. That's webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Holliday, and we, we did have a July 4th celebration in my hometown. I saw fireworks. I hope you did, but I think everybody in America. America got to see fireworks in Washington, D.C., and fireworks on the mainstream media side. Have you ever heard of such nonsense? Hey, uh, we, we're going to this week's show. We have our special guest, David Rubin, our Middle East expert. He lives in Israel. He knows what's going on in this Iran, Iranian activity uh, The uh, the on the verge of war with the United States and President Trump called back, uh, didn't allow an attack to go that would have killed an estimated 150 Iranians uh, after they uh, downed one of our drones, a very expensive drone. President Trump said it was a, a, an older one. I don't know, but I, I will say this. Uh, David Rubin, we're going to have him on, and we're going to be talking about some serious subjects about is it going to come to war? Is there optimism that Iran uh, can negotiate something if Israel and the uh, different people in the Middle East, they say people from different countries in the Middle East, can they work with Iran? And uh, what what's going on uh, with that? Uh, so many questions, and we're going to ask these of David Rubin uh, in just a few minutes. You know, David Rubin's been on Fox News, uh, Tucker Carlson. I remember, you know, we did a show with him after President Trump retweeted a tweet that uh uh, that um, David Rubin to put out. So, yeah, a very interesting man that knows uh, the violence and the uh, terrorism that goes on in the Middle East. He's been a victim. His family has the, the uh, of the terrorism, and he is the former mayor of uh, Shiloh, Israel. So we're going to have him on in just a few minutes. But first, what I want to do is talk a little bit what happened last week in the celebration. The mainstream media, they decried President Trump for celebrating July 4th, saying he made it about him. And I listened to his speech. The only mistake he made, I think he talked about the Revolutionary War. And he said that uh, from the teleprompter, he said something about uh, taking over ports. He said airports, and he meant ports. Of course, no airports in the Revolutionary War. But, you know, that one mistake, and the media jumped on it like he really didn't know the difference that there were no airports during the Revolutionary War. I mean, it's just it's, it's numbing that some grown adult journalist would act like 
that he really didn't know that there were no airports in Revolutionary War. It's a teleprompter mistake is what the president said. I can agree with that. Uh, but I will say, uh, in fact, I'll tell you what. Listen, let me play a clip from the Fox News. They had Mark Thiessen on and uh, Ed Henry uh, talking about what had gone on with mainstream media and what President Trump did during the July 4th celebration. Let me play that clip real quick for you. Take, take a listen to this. And then we're going to get to David Rubin. And uh, it's a fantastic show. You want to hear about that because uh, when David Rubin speaks, he knows. He lives there in Israel. He knows the threats, and he knows what Iran's doing. So uh, there's going to be some good questions, and you'll hear things. Like I said, you won't hear anywhere else, but right here on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. So stay tuned. But first, take a listen to this about last week's July 4th celebration right in Washington, D.C., right in front of the Lincoln Memorial. Well, the president ended up choosing patriotism over politics in a big speech celebrating our nation on Independence Day. But you wouldn't have thought it was possible if you listened to the 2020 Democrats out there on the campaign trail. On this day, 243 years ago, our founding fathers pledged their lives, their fortunes and their sacred honor to declare independence and defend our God-given rights. Donald Trump, I believe, is incapable of celebrating what makes America great because I don't think he gets it. On this July 4th, we pay special tribute to the military service members who laid down their lives for our nation. It's really uh, all about Trump. It's not about our service members. It's not about their sacrifices. It's not about my brothers and sisters who lost their lives. As long as we stay true to our cause, as long as we remember our great history, as long as we never, ever stop fighting for a better future, then there will be nothing that America can not do. You know, he's having a parade for himself, uh, putting tanks out there for himself. Contrast, many in the media also predicting doom and gloom from the president's salute to America ceremony before it even happened. Our next guest has a different perspective, saying, quote, the president made his critics look small during that salute to America. Joining me now live, Mark Thiessen, Fox News contributor, of course, co-host of the American Enterprise Institute's new podcast, What the Hell is Going On? And maybe I'll start right there, Mark. What, I'll, I'll change it a little bit. What the, what the heck is going on here? What the heck is going on is there are a lot of people with egg on their face today. I mean, look, this of all the stupid freakouts that we've had since Donald Trump was elected, this has got to be the stupidest of all time. I mean, literally, the, the resistance told us that, there, that if we elected Donald Trump, there'd be tanks on the streets. And it was like it was finally happening. <laughs> the, the tanks were arriving. Well, and I'm not kidding. I mean, Lawrence Tribe actually tweeted out a picture of the tanks arriving in Washington saying it looks like before Tiananmen Square. Leaving thousand people at yep. Tiananmen Square. Leaving out that President Eisenhower at his inaugural had yeah. tanks. Uh, President Kennedy had tanks, rockets, as I recall. We've seen pictures now, historical footage of that. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has been tweeting, I think, even today, not even beforehand, now saying this is a paltry crowd, when in fact, when you look at the photos, it was a pretty big crowd. I didn't count every single person. Uh, but when Tulsi Gabbard just flat out says she's running for president, you see the crowd a little bit there in the picture. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard says he won't be honoring the troops. He largely honored the troops throughout the speech. Look at this. The self-serving politician that he is, Trump has succeeded in making July 4th about himself and in doing so further divided our country. This on a day when our nation's president should be uniting us. Hashtag Independence Day when she and other Democratic candidates seem to be dividing everybody. 
Well, I mean, first of all, he's the president of the United States. This is what presidents do on the 4th of July. I mean, this is, this is another lie they said. Well, this, he's inserting himself into the 4th of July celebrations. Hey, it's Doc Holliday. I just got to insert myself in this uh, sentence before you hear the completion of the sentence by Mark. But let me just say, <laughs> man, the Democrats and the mainstream media hammering Trump. I listened to the entire speech. He was praising our American military from the birth of our country on up till today. And it was not about Donald Trump. It was not about uh, the th- what the media said and what the Democrats candidates saying he was is about Trump. No, it was about our wonderful, brave, dedicated, given their lives military that we have. We've had and we have. And thank God that President Trump patted on the back and said, this is why we're free. I, I don't know. I don't understand the mainstream media pounding our president like they did but let, let me let mark continue on tons of presidents have done that uh, harry truman gave a speech on the mall in front of the washington monument you had uh, woodrow wilson john f kennedy uh, gerald ford george w bush bill clinton all gave speeches at uh, independence hall ronald reagan gave a speech from an aircraft carrier that they stationed in front of the of the statue of liberty for a perfect camera shot yeah. and, and how much did that cost i mean no one complained about that so, it's the job of the president to give a speech on the 4th of july now to- Right on. It's the job of the president to give a speech on the 4th of July. Come on, get behind President Trump. (laughs) And I don't care if you hate President Trump. He's the president of the United States. What better time to celebrate America, celebrate our military. And you've heard me say before, those longtime listeners, I remember going to Yorktown, Virginia, where we secured the victory over Cornwallis. America secured a victory, and it was there. You can go there today, Surrender Field. There where they, uh, the British surrendered, and Cornwallis wouldn't even show up. And President, well, uh, then General George Washington, our commander on, on the field of battle, he, 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 he wouldn't accept a sword from somebody lesser than Cornwallis. And... Uh, but we, the American, the new American Republic, we uh, won the victory at Yorktown and secured victory for our nation in the American Revolution. And you have to understand that is why freedom is not free. And we, the Declaration of Independence was bold uh, for the men who who put their lives on the line. They committed treason against Great Britain, and and they could surely have been hung, each and every one of them, if, if the war had been lost. And yet, even with the, as beautiful as the American uh, Declaration of Independence is and was written, it didn't mean anything without victory on the battlefield and surrender field. You can go there today. And, and there's not a lot of visitors there, but go there. That's hallowed ground. That's why America is free. It's because of the men who died there during the war, and and uh, they celebrated at Surrender Field the victory over Great Britain. So 
I just had to put that in. And now, let me get on this phone. We're going to, I tell you what, let me remind you right now, you're listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. In just a minute, we're going to get David Rubin on the phone. But let me just uh, tell you, yes, you can go to the website. we got a book, me and Dr. Avita King, Dr. Alex McFarland put together a book called Bedrock Truth. No better time to talk about it than right now in the July 4th era, uh, time of year. Uh, get this book. If you don't have it yet, order it. You can go w- right to my website, order that book, or Bedrock Truth, and we appreciate it. Got some more books there you can order. But let me just say that that we here at Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics want to ensure that this country is securing more freedom and more liberty. I think we've lost some of the things with socialism, the way we've gone toward a leftist agenda. And that's why we're here every week. And that's why you listen to us. We appreciate you, even you liberals, even those who are listening to the show, monitoring. Go ahead, make our day, listen and learn and, and join the forces of freedom. Join the forces of freedom. You, you've heard, uh, you know, we've had uh, African-Americans on who are seeing what needs to be done in our Democratic-controlled cities. They're saying, hey, isn't it time for conservatives to stand up, and especially in, the, in our black neighborhoods, to say, yes, there are some principles that have worked, and it's time to work in the inner city and, and stop. Uh, stop doing the same old thing over and over and electing uh, liberals and leftists. So uh, listen to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. We have some great shows, things you hear here, here, here. You won't hear other places, including this exclusive interview of David Rubin. Let's get him on the phone right now. Thank you for listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. On today's show, we got David Rubin, a former mayor of Shiloh, Israel, and uh, welcome to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics, David. Well, thank you. Good to be with you, Doc. Well, we're good to have you back on. I know we had you on back at the end of last year, but uh, a lot of things have happened between Iran, the United States, Israel. I need to check with you and see what what, what you think about what's going on, especially as far as uh, Iran uh Working for the uh, an atomic bomb, they say they're not, they, but uh, yet they are enriching uh, their uranium above what uh, the Iran deal with uh, Barack Obama has said, and we've had these uh, tankers mined and explosions, and uh, a U.S. drone shot down by Iran. So, what is that leading us toward, David? There is a, a very problematic situation that's been building up over a couple of decades, and uh, world leaders have been looking the other way and ignoring it. Uh, and I'm talking about the good people. I'm talking about the ones who who aren't in cahoots with Iran and the uh, the Europeans. And previous to this administration, the Obama administration and the Bush administrations, they all looked the other way. Uh, when it came to Iran and and even pandered to them, and uh, we ended up in this situation where they where they are uh, just a short ways from developing a nuclear bomb and the missile systems to deliver those nuclear bombs with, and they've just announced today that they are 
surpassing the levels of uranium enrichment that are allowed under that horrible Iran deal that Obama signed, and along with John Kerry, and uh, so so this. You know, the United States may be out of that deal. In the United States, the Trump administration has put heavy sanctions on Iran, but uh, it's it's really going to come down to a, a confrontation, military confrontation. And I, I'm sorry to say it, but the, I think that's the only way that they're going to be stopped. Well, uh, David, do you think that, uh, of course, the mullahs the, and, and are running the, the country in Iran and and they had to know this uh, uh, mining ships and shooting down an American drone. It, it sounds as if they are actually trying to pull the United States into a battle, into a confrontation. Or do you think they purposely are doing that to, uh, for some reason? Yeah, well, they, they've been doing it for a long time. Uh, they, they've been preparing for this for a long time, and I think, you know, just like the bully, the proverbial bully in the schoolyard, they think that they can continue to push and push and push and show that they're not afraid, and therefore the United States uh, won't, won't fight back against them. And I think that's a very risky maneuver, but... But they, they've, they've seen that Obama has stepped down, uh, that Obama uh, was afraid to stand up to them, and he caved into them with that agreement. So, so they, they figure Trump is all talk, and, and they're going to be able to do the same thing. Well, what do you think about uh, Russia and uh, Putin? And I know it's a very slender land mass, but they do have a border of Iran. Of course, Russia has a border of Iran. They have a border of North Korea. And it seems like North Korea may have uh, sent some missile technology over to Iran. We don't know for sure, but, I mean, it seems very likely. So what, what is Putin and Russia play? You know, how are they playing this? Russia have been uh, kind of trying to play both sides. They, what Putin wants to have is influence in the Middle East and around the world. He, he's a Russian nationalist. He wants to get uh, Russia back to its glory days when, uh, when it was regarded as, as the second superpower in the world, along with the United States. So they, uh, so that's Putin's game, and and he's trying to play both sides. Though he wants to be respected by everybody, so he's meeting with Israel and he's meeting with the United States, uh, the national security advisors of the three countries, just had a trilateral meeting in Jerusalem to discuss the Iranian presence in Syria. The Iranians have been trying to set up military bases in Syria from which they can attack Israel. We're not going for it. Uh, we've seen uh, what, they, what they can do and what they want to do. And, you know, I, it's all documented in my book, Trump and the Jews, which explains what the Iranians have been trying to do for a long time. So they're, they're still they're trying to do it from Syria now. And the Russians were told in no uncertain terms that Israel is going to keep attacking the Iranians in Syria. And we've been attacking them militarily. And we're going to keep doing it until the Russians agree to, uh, to demand that Iran leaves Syria. So that's what's going on right now with Russia and, and Israel and, and um, the Iranians. Well, David, as you explain that, and of course over here in the United States, we don't get a lot of news about when uh, Israel 
attacks Ar- Iran troops in uh, Syria, and it seems dangerously, especially with uh, Putin and Russia over there. Is now, do you see that happening more, or is Iran getting a message and they're backing out, or what's going on with Iran with troops in Syria now? Well, they're not backing out yet, but uh, but the attacks have become more frequent over the past six months, and we just uh, um, just a couple of days ago, uh, the Israeli Air Force attacked, and uh, it's it's going to become more and more intense as time goes on, and unless they leave Syria or unless they're forced to leave Syria, and then uh, and. And we don't, again, in America, don't get all the news, but now Putin's position there, of course, he allows the Iranians come in, it seems, uh, because uh, I guess Putin has the leading hand in in Syria of troops. So what, uh, again, how do you feel that Putin, is is he just trying to, is he trying to, uh, you know, Give Iran more power? Is he lining up with Iran? Is he? he or no, I, I, I don't think so. I think he's he's looking out for Russian interests, uh, but but he he's going to have to do a, a balance sheet at some point, and he's going to see that, uh, that that to protect Iran isn't going to be a good idea. And so far, he's not protecting them. He's just not he's just not forcing them to leave Syria. Uh, but uh, the reason for the meetings is to coordinate so that we just wanted, you know, we meaning Israel, just want to make it very clear to Putin that if Iran, if he lets Iran stay in Syria, that Israel is going to continue attacking uh, Syria and continue attacking the Iranian Revolutionary Guards and their other forces and advisors that are in Syria at this time. And so, so you know, it's just to make sure that that none of the Russian advisors in Syria get killed in the process. But Israel is not going to stop those attacks, and uh, Putin is just going to have to back down on that if he if he if he tries to stop Israel. And that leads us back to the one of the original questions as we started our conversation: is how far is Iran from the atomic bomb. Is there any guess? I remember ten years ago, people saying, "Hey, they're just months away from you know building an atomic bomb," and and here we are ten years later, and, and they're saying, "Well, they're not nearly close to it." So, I mean, is there a good estimate from the intelligence services about where they are on an atomic bomb? Well, no, nobody knows exactly uh, because there are certain military and nuclear research bases that were off limits to the inspectors, to nuclear inspectors, as a result of the Iran deal. Uh, so according to the Iran deal, uh, it's supposed to give them, it's supposed to be 10 years, uh, that, that, that after 10 years, they would be free to go forward uh, in developing nuclear bombs. Uh, I believe that they have the technology and, the, and they are moving forward on it. Uh, what but the, the the whole point of enriching uranium is only for a nuclear bomb. You don't enrich uranium for nuclear heaters, for nuclear power to you know to provide heat. Right. Uh, the the enrichment uranium enrichment is only for nuclear bombs, and they just made an announcement that they are going to be enriching uranium as of this week beyond the levels that they're allowed to under the Iran deal. So I'm waiting for the for those weak Europeans to 
stand up to Iran and, and say, that's it, we're out of the deal if you do that. But it doesn't seem like they're doing that yet. Well, that's what I was about to ask you. Do you, do you believe they're going to do that? Will they stand up and cut their business ties? Well, France France said that that uh, this is a very dangerous development, Macron, the, the president of France. Right. And, and the U.K. said that if Iran goes ahead and does that, uh, then they are out of the deal. So uh, we'll see what happens. It's going to be very interesting in the coming weeks. Well, how do you feel like, I mean, does Iran, I know just a year ago we were hearing reports about people fighting against the Revolutionary Guard, you know, in certain towns. Uh, I mean, it wasn't widespread, but it, there were still uh, reports of attacks against the Revolutionary Guards and others uh, of uh, authority in Iran. I mean, is there anything close to uh, uh, a rebellion or anything that's in Iran that anybody knows of? Well, I wish there was. Uh, there, there, there was a rebellion, and there, and there, there are secret uh, cells trying to rebel against the Iranians. But uh, the, the the regime has been so uh, repressive of its people, and they, you know, really truly violent repression of the people. And whatever rebellion was developing seems to have been toned down a bit recently because of that. Even though the Iranian economy is in a shambles, uh, even though uh, the, you know, when there are heavy sanctions, they, uh, it doesn't mean that the Iranians are going to stop their nuclear research and development. Uh, and it doesn't mean that they're going to become peaceful neighbors. What it means is that they're going to uh, stop putting any funds into the economy and improving their economy, and they're just going to ignore the average Iranian in the street, uh, but they're, they're going to go ahead with their nuclear program and their support for terrorist organizations. Well, David, I know we just got a, a couple minutes left. Uh, what, what do you see the future? I, I know you talked about uh, uh, that Israel's not going to allow uh, Iran to build a base in Syria. When we know if they keep getting closer to an atomic bomb or a missiles that can launch, you know, to uh, send an atomic bomb where, directed where they want it. Uh, we've heard Israel won't stand by that. We've heard President Trump say that's not acceptable. But how do you stop that other than uh, a bomb and, you know, military confrontation? Well, I'm sorry to say it, but the answer is military confrontation. I, 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 wish that, I wish that wasn't the only way. Look, sanctions are important. Economic pressure is important. Diplomatic pressure is important. So if, if, if we could get the Europeans to get on board and uh, start to act a little bit tougher, uh, and, and, and if they put on economic pressure, then, uh, then that could be much more powerful than just the United States putting on that economic and diplomatic pressure. Uh, so, so all those things can help, but ultimately this thing is, is too far along. You know, this, the, the train has already left the station and it left the station a long time ago. The Iranians, uh, the Iranian regime is prepared uh, before too long to develop nuclear weapons. Their goal is to export the Islamic Revolution. That hasn't changed. So uh, they're, they're going to have to be confronted. You know, President Roosevelt uh, didn't want to confront the Nazis, but eventually Pearl Harbor was bombed, and and uh, and he was forced to get into the conflict. Uh, the, the, it's going to happen. It's 
going to happen. There's going, and it won't end up being a world war because uh, the rest of the world isn't on the side of Iran. There aren't too many people who are, but it's going to have to be confronted. Israel is prepared to do its part, uh, but um, you know that's all. That all depends on the the leader of the free world, which is the United States. Well, uh, David, I appreciate your input and your enlightenment on on what you see and. Uh, I appreciate everything you've done when you come on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. So uh, good luck as you continue to uh, work for uh, freedom and peace and, and uh, on the other side of the world there. Well, thank you, Doc. I appreciate that. And for those who want to get a copy of my book, Trump and the Jews, uh, they can just go to Amazon.com or they could look at the website David Rubin Israel. DavidRubinIsrael.com And I encourage everybody to get that book and read it. Very important book. Thank you, David. Well, thank you, Doc. Hey, what a fascinating conversation we've just had with David Rubin. And uh, uh, we thank him for taking his time away from uh, his busy activities and and helping us better understand what's going on in the Middle East, what's going on on with Iran. And I will tell you, just... uh, Remember, tell your friends and neighbors about Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. Get them listening to us, and we appreciate what you do uh, telling your friends and neighbors. And that's why we're growing, and that's why we're getting the word around America that you hear things here you won't hear other places. And we're working hard for more liberty and more freedom, get people to see the light of freedom. So be with us next week. I'm working, uh, hopefully, in the next two or three weeks we'll uh, get something on the mississippi governor's race i talked previously about how important that is uh, a governor's race that there's just a handful of races this fall but uh the democrats think they have a chance to win in mississippi the governorship first time since about 2003 or four and and that would be a big deal if uh, donald trump's uh, one of his strong states can't win the governorship uh the Republicans can't get the governorship, so a lot of be playing into that. We'll try to uh, bring you some more information on that in the, in the coming weeks. And just remember, we'll be back next week for another great show, Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. See you then. Thanks for joining us today, and remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen, or visit DocHolliday.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.